It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. And the last day of the month, yes, the 31st of August and a Thursday morning. Coming up, we have our podcast series, Buying Perth Property with Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory Group there in Perth. And a very good morning to you, Matthew. Welcome back to the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. And good morning to you, Craig. And there is a little bit of optimism from some of the major banks regarding Perth's growth in the next 12 to 24 months. I guess optimism can be treated by developers as tempered caution, but what's your take on how you foresee the market's performance uh, for the next year and beyond? Yeah, our view hasn't really changed for the last couple of years. We've been talking about a, uh, an elongated period of growth in Perth. It seems like the banks are finally on board with that same philosophy. Uh, we've seen some pretty interesting ups and downs in the so-called experts' predictions from the banks. It wasn't that long ago that NAB was talking about Perth dropping in value next year, and, and now we're looking at that good moderate growth that we've been predicting. So given the lack of stock and the lack of stock in the pipeline, uh, I can't see any reason why we're not going to get some good moderate growth through the balance of this year into 24 and possibly even 25. We're going to be today having a look at some information uh, coming out of Macquarie and also Core Logic. So we will come back to Matthew in just a moment and discuss all of that from Perth this morning. Each week, we bring you in-depth real estate discussions, including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledgeable real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller, or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast. Let's fuel your passion for property together. Join us, along with our industry experts, to help inspire and inform your next real estate decision. Well, inflation slowed more than expected in the 12 months leading up to July, largely due to lower fuel and fruit prices, while housing costs continued their upward trend. The Australian Bureau of Statistics reported a significant drop in the monthly index reflecting an annual pace of 4.9% last month, down from June's 5.4%. Fuel prices declined by 7.6% and fruit and veggies fell by 5.4%, while housing costs continued to rise, contributing to 7.3% to the annual increase in July, and new dwelling prices saw a small annual rise of 5 And uh, this is probably the best news if you're a mortgage holder that you'll want to hear this morning. Economists off the back of all of that are predicting this easing inflation will keep the Reserve Bank of Australia from making further interest rate hikes this year with possible rate cuts in the future. So there we go. We'll wait and see, of course, what is likely to happen. But if we don't get a cut for perhaps September, October, November, December might also be in a holding situation. 
which has got to be great news. Birthday calls. Now, if you're celebrating today for the last day of August, happy birthday. You're sharing it with heartthrob Richard Gere. He's 73 today. Haven't seen him in a movie for a while. Van Morrison is also on the birthday calls today. He's turning 77. And Chris Tucker is 51. It's the main centre forecast. And around the country, let's check on Sydney's weather first off and expecting a chance of some rain. Long dry periods though, your high of 19 degrees. In Melbourne, a possible shower, cloudy day with 17. In Brisbane, also a cloudy day. I think there's like a 30% chance of a storm today. 27, so the temperature is nice. And in Perth, where we go to next, it's nice and sunny today and the temperature 28 degrees. Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we. So if new listings are rising, but total listings are falling, that basically means that for every new listing added to the market, there's more than one sale happening. And it is a Thursday morning. We are back with Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory in Perth. And Matthew, I recently read a Macquarie and CoreLogic article discussing a bit of a slowdown in Australia's property market growth. How do you interpret this deceleration and do you think a a similar trend might happen in WA? Yeah, I guess nationally, we've seen unprecedented growth post-COVID, followed by unprecedented contraction um, during the, uh, the the rate increases from the RBA. So it has defied typical growth cycles, and it's made it a little bit challenging to forecast future movements accurately. But it's important to note that whilst the rate of growth is slowing, we're still seeing growth. There is demand outstripping supply, but supply is slowly catching up, especially on the East Coast. Whereas in WA, we're not really seeing any light at the end of the tunnel in terms of future supply. I think there's some hope over here that we'll see an increase in listings come springtime, which is the normal seasonal adjustment. I'm not as optimistic. Uh, We're really not seeing too much on the ground over here to suggest that that we're going to get above that sort of low 5,000 property uh, level on the market at the moment. Hopefully, there will be a little bit of an influx of listings, but I think we're pretty well gridlocked at the moment with people concerned about listing their property because they don't know where to go from there. Um, It's very difficult to get into another property if you're buying or if you're renting. Yeah, that's always a problem. If you're selling your property and you've got nowhere to go, you have the proverbial stuck in motion. And I also see that in this Macquarie and CoreLogic article, it also notes that despite a fixed rate cliff, mortgage delinquencies still remain low and most borrowers are managing their repayments according to them. How do you believe this situation influences is the the property market where you are look it's easy to get caught up in the stories that you see in the media but they we all know they love to run a negative story and create some uh, scare tactics out there but the data just doesn't match up with their rhetoric at the moment um, there is stability in mortgage repayments and that's a positive sign most borrowers have been pretty financially responsible throughout COVID and beyond uh, and have planned for fluctuations in interest rates 
Um, but that said, with household savings decreasing, it is a bit of a delicate balance. It could tip if uh, external factors like more rate rises, which is unlikely but possible, uh, or job losses or an economic downturn come into play. Here in WA, I'm probably a little bit less concerned about this, just given how strong our jobs market is, how strong our economy is, and, and most importantly, how affordable our properties are. And the other thing to, to think about too, when you're talking about the, the fixed rate cliff, is that lenders were all be, or borrowers were all being assessed with a pretty sizable buffer in place, something that's uh, implemented by APRA. We've got some of the most regulated banking systems in the world. And so the increase in rates should be manageable for most borrowers, providing, of course, that you didn't fudge the numbers on your initial loan application. (laughs) Yeah. And you're right about that uh, delicate balance. That is what it is all about right at the moment. And rental vacancy rates. Let's have a look at those because they have hit historic lows with a slight rise from 1% to 1.2% in major cities. Is that trend, do you think, mirrored in WA as well? Yeah, look, there's low vacancy rates nationally are are certainly making rental properties an attractive investment for people. So we've seen a considerable upward pressure on rents nationally and especially here in WA. I think I've mentioned before that our uh, median rent for houses was 350 not too long ago and now it's sitting up around 580. Despite having a similar uptick on the rental vacancy rate here in WA of 0.2, we've gone from um, 0.7 where we were languishing for some time up to 0.9. It's still a very tight rental market with 3% being a a more balanced market. And with net migration figures expected to rise, I don't see much reprieve for renters over here, unfortunately. Good news for landlords though, obviously, with that upward pressure on rents and the fact that there's plenty of good tenants to choose from. I'm hoping there'll be some more stock trickling into the market and that's perhaps what we're seeing with that small uptick uh, with a lot of the the post-COVID state and federal government grant builds finally coming to market. So they're trickling through and being completed slowly over here. And that's probably freeing up a little bit of rental stock with people jumping out of rentals and into their first home. Um, But I don't see us achieving anything close to the supply levels that we need. um, And I don't see us achieving any sort of balance from a supply and demand perspective for some time. Mm, Okay. And earlier in the week, we were talking about investors cashing out because they were basically just finding holding on to multiple properties just too much of an ask. Let's just talk about that issue of a surge in investor sales due to higher holding costs than rental gains. What would your advice be to investors right now facing this scenario? Yeah, I guess the increasing imbalance between holding costs and rental income is is probably concerning for some investors, especially in markets like Sydney and Melbourne, where the prices are higher and the yields are lower. Um, however, it's important to look at the long-term picture if you're an investor. Uh, so if you've got a property that's in an area with strong fundamentals, so you're near good school catchment areas, you're near amenity and employment opportunities and other capital growth drivers, it's probably worthwhile doing everything in your power to hold on to it, even if it does mean weathering some uh, short-term pain, considering that the overall market conditions seem to be stabilising now. Um, and it's important also to remember that gains in property often made over the long term. So whenever you're buying an asset, the most important thing for you to do is figure out how to keep it through those ups and downs. And if you haven't planned correctly, then you might find yourself selling a property like some investors are at the moment in the wrong market uh, when there's still potential upside on the table and you're leaving that there. 
You know, it's so important what you just said because you've got to look long-term when you're buying an asset, not just six months to a year down the track. And that's where definitely some people just become unglued. And looking at the ABS's national data, that reveals a notable gap in the new dwelling development pipeline. And in terms of construction cost challenges, how do you predict that this is a going to impact the market, say, in the next three to five-year cycle? Yeah, the, look, the lack of supply in the pipeline is a serious concern for the market nationally, but more so in WA. Again, we're not seeing any real light at the end of the tunnel in terms of building approvals. We've not seen those numbers trending up yet. So the appetite for construction hasn't returned. Anecdotally, um, I'm about to sign contracts in the coming weeks on a, a new home that we're looking to build over here, which is terrible timing for the market, but good timing for us personally. Um, so we're probably pushing ahead, but our construction quote came in 40% higher than I'd anticipated. And that's someone who works in the industry and had a pretty good idea of where I thought it would land. So what we're seeing is that builders are still building in a fair bit of risk into their pricing, which is understandable given what they've been through. Uh, But it does make it um, not very palatable for most people to start a new construction, whether you're a developer or a home builder. So those challenges are going to make it difficult for builders or home buyers to be the the cause of any new supply coming to market. Um, And it's creating a bit of a supply vacuum that's going to continue to drive up prices in the medium to long term. This means existing properties that are in high demand areas will probably see increased competition from the continued uh, migration we're seeing from both interstate and overseas. That's going to influence capital growth and rental yields in a positive way if you own property. So it's a pretty complex landscape at the moment, but there's certainly opportunities for those who can navigate it carefully. All right. Well, always lots to think about in WA, especially when it comes to the Perth property markets. Matthew, you seem to be right across all of the talking points. I'll let you get out on the last day for August to enjoy your day and talk again soon. Good chatting, Craig. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 